What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The podcast episode recorded upon the occasion of seeing the new Wes Anderson film Asteroid City at the cinema. Two chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and oh well, well see, I don't play him as an alien. I play him as a chunk. <laughs> and I'm Carter, and I reckon that alien didn't mean no harm. No, he ain't American. <laughs> no, he ain't a chunk of God's earth. But he's a chunk of somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to them hunks that joined us for our oh asteroid. City showing. I'm Ian Jen, Emo Country, Yee Yee, the whole crew out here. Yee. I've never felt so cool just saying all those nicknames. I, got, I think I got them all. And it I just know. felt like I was like DJ it's, Khaled talking about my crew or something. I Yee can't Yee. wait to hear y'all's producer tags. Yeah. <laughs> can we, you mentioned Good DJ showing. Khaled. Can I, can I sidetrack us for, I mean, just a second. No, go ahead. I, I love when you talk about DJ Khaled. I was really hoping you no, would this totally episode. Fine. There's a video of DJ Khaled, and I don't know where he is. It looks like he's at a house, and he has ordered a lunch, and this waitress approaches, and she's like, shrimp she my. And he's like, shrimp what? <laughs> she goes, shrimp she my. And he says, have you ever played rugby? <laughs> and it is... My favorite video on the internet. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> and I've watched it 1,000 times. I've sent Dude. it to so many Shrimp. people. <laughs> what? Shrimp, what? You ever play rugby? And it, <laughs> I love DJ Khaled. <laughs> you know, I've seen him live. Shut up. DJ Khaled really? opened for Beyonce when I saw her in Dallas. What? And I must Get tell you, out. it was the biggest bummer of an opener that I've ever seen because he literally so goes out there, yells a name, and like hits play and leaves the stage yeah. and something just plays. Yeah. <laughs> that is so It's exactly what you think it might me. be. Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. That's, I could have guessed that. Beyonce was DJ Khaled name. is a top three choice for maybe an alien. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but it is perfect then that we're talking about him. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Do you feel do you feel a Vin Diesel type of energy from I, things like yes. that? Yes. 100%. What a I good. Know. It's been there the whole time. Absolutely, dude. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Dude's a fire producer. He brings us the heat. But Fast X, he brings us yeah. F9, <laughs> yeah, fire. F, F, F7 even. He brings yeah, us dude. like F's, F's 1 through X, Absolutely, you know. Absolutely, dude. I'm a big fan. All he does is win. We are talking today. It's our first. Is it our first? Did we do Fantastic Mr. Fox at any point? I don't know. If we no, this is our Wes first Anderson. Wes. It's our first Wes Anderson movie, and I'm really excited. I hope it leads to Still more Wes even, Anderson movies. I haven't there. even seen it yet. I'd like, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to do more Wes at Still some point. Still not your first. I'm really 
deeply love. I'm actually sitting uh, arms distance from a uh, a hand painted. I guess it's just a print of a hand painted uh, extra tall photo of the escape scene, the motorcycle escape scene from Fantastic Mr. Fox, and it is. I love that. One of my favorites. I, I adore yep. Wes Anderson. And today we are talking about his newest venture known as Asteroid, asteroid City. City. Hey, yeah. Do you guys say asteroid or home? asteroid? If I, so I, hang on. This requires a story. Yeah. Do you guys ever get the giggle fits where it's just like you start laughing at yes, something and it's just like, it's yeah, game My mom over. refers to oh, that wait. as getting your giggle box turned over. I want to share one of mine after you're done with this. Go ahead. We had one two days ago. Jess and I (laughs) went on a date to the Perot Museum. Like, I mean, this was probably 2018. This was like, we'd been married for like a year. Uh, Still didn't really know each other that well. No, I'm very well. Um, We went on a date. I didn't like (laughs) how you said it very well. It was gross. Did you not see me winking when I said that? We went on a date to the Perot Museum and saw an IMAX showing of uh it was like a an IMAX you know those little like science movies or whatever we're like yeah we we've already seen the museum we saw all the dinosaur skeletons we want to see let's go to the IMAX theater and they had one playing that was about like yeah well it was about mm. the mineral composition of asteroids mm. and uh like the the unmanned like drilling things that might one day go to recover mineral deposits from asteroids which if you know me at all that's like my exact flavor that is the most interesting thing i yeah. could possibly spend a day doing but the narrator of this particular like IMAX film the narrator of this film pronounced it as asteroids which sounds like asteroids yeah and robots every for your butt. single time robots for your butt every <laughs> single time the narrator said asteroids Jess and I would laugh and so we're just like crying laughing oh, no. but it's the funniest laugh. movie I've ever seen and it's a <laughs> 17 minute uh IMAX picture about <laughs> the mineral composition of oh, asteroids and we're just like crying laughing at <laughs> asteroids so yes all that to say I do say asteroid because asteroid. I'm 6 years old and and will laugh otherwise I think it's for me a little bit of an apricot apricot situation where it's just like whatever comes out is what comes out. Caramel caramel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm caramel 100% of the time. I don't think I am caramel. 100% of the time. I'm caramel. So wrong. Wrong yeah. then. I don't, oh you just say wrong. I'm also crayon. <laughs> not crayon. No, you're not. Ooh, no, you're you say not. crane? Crayon? Crayon. Crayon? Crayon. Crayon? A crayon. Hey, Why? why? I don't know. I don't know. So, crayon. like, do you like Brian, like Brian Crayonston? <laughs> no. I really, you know what? I really admire. I think the willingness to just be wrong and be fine with it. The That's commitment my, to that cramp. is one of my sticks on this podcast. Do you say? Do you say pinch? No, but I say pinch. Okay, okay. It does sound I'm gonna, like... I'm going to have yeah. a peanut butter banana sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I bet there's other people out there that say crayon. Oh, 100%. Or crown. At least you don't say crown. Crown. I don't People say crown. crown. No, crayon. Yeah, that's the worst. Oh my gosh, it's disgusting. Carter, tell me, tell me your giggle story. Oh, yeah. Giggle story, some two days ago. So anytime, so Nana is our dog. She's about 80-pound retriever. Sweet pup. Yeah. And as soon as we let her out, she's always been crated and kind of stayed that way. It's kind of a safe place for her. So when we leave, she's crated. When we get her out, she just gulps up the water. Just drinking so much of it. I'm like, Nana, you, she's had a history of just puking that water up uh, yep. every now and then. I was like, hey, we got to monitor this. Anyways, Chelsea and I get home. Nana's had her water. She comes over to us. And 
Uh, we're just scratching her in the spots that we like. You know, she doesn't really give us the head. She just like puts her butt over by us so that we can like scratch her hips and things like that. Sure. And I had discovered, yeah. I've, I've known for quite a while that like there's a certain spot, like when you hit that perfect spot for Nana, her butt, she just kind of goes crazy. She can't tell if she likes it or not. But if you like aggressively yeah. like get her right there on the hips, like she just like low rider. She looks like one of those like <laughs> low rider on a Sunday in Oak Cliff vibes. And yeah. I do that to her and I was like, and I'm telling Chelsea, I'm like, have you ever seen her? No, I haven't. She just doesn't feel like she has control of her body. And as soon as I press that, how I'm supposed to, she projectile just little water stream vomits on the carpet <laughs> without, without changing her countenance or her face. Just, just, ah, just like all over. And we, were, and we were just, it was just shock. It was absolute shock. And we're just like oh cracking up. And then you talk about Gigglebox. It's like, it's that fun like runway of you don't bring it up for 24 hours and then it comes back mm-hmm. and yeah. you live it maybe even harder than the first time just yep. thinking about it but she was just <laughs> yeah like nothing about her changed except for a little like fountain sprout of just water come out of her mouth like a squirtle on the booty scratch. Like squirtle little squirtle <laughs> i love that Anyways. it's very powerful let's talk about asteroid, asteroid city, city yeah um, Doge, you are fresh into the world of Mr. Anderson. Um, I'm a Andrew baby. Anderson. So can can you give us? A, well, first of all, I'm sorry. Will you synopsify us before we? I sure move will. On? I sure will. This week's IMDb synopsis has no author, which means it obviously returned to Earth to inventory uh, an asteroid after three thousand years, okay. and this is the only record we have of its visitation. Following a writer on his world-famous fictional play about a grieving father who travels with his tech-obsessed family to a small rural asteroid city to compete in a junior stargazing event, only to have his worldview disrupted forever. Okay. I mean, I'd give that a C-. minus. It's barely a sentence, but that's what the movie's about. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's in there. So I, but Doge, before I ask you the question I already started hmm. to ask you, I just want to say, so I, I'm, I'm also fairly new to Wes Anderson. I saw Fantastic Mr. Fox when it came out because it looked so fun. Um, that was my first dip into Mr. Anderson. I got the rest of my Wes Anderson. Mr. Anderson. During Oh, college. you haven't even seen that. And um, he hasn't seen Matrix? No. I haven't, you haven't seen I've Matrix, seen have Matrix. you? Um, I, got, I got the rest of my Wes Anderson education during college. And... I have discovered that I have a deep, deep, deep love for Wes Anderson and specifically his style more than anything. Like, I think he could make a movie um, that is just sort of like vibes and I would be very into it in the same way that I am. Boy, have I got a movie for you then. Okay, so that's what I was going to say is one of the things I really love about Wes Anderson specifically is, I, I think I brought this up before on the podcast, but he writes these movies that... There is no such thing as subtext. Everything is all surface level. And it's just like what everybody says is exactly what they mean. You don't have to guess anybody's motivations because they all say and do exactly what they're going to say and do. So Asteroid City was unique because it's the first time I've ever finished a Wes Anderson movie and been like, I'm not sure what he meant. Yeah. That was a big question for a Wes Anderson movie and thought that. Yeah. Those of us at the showing, when we kind of gathered round, that was some of the first things that were said. Yeah, was it was just kind of out there. It, it was fun, but I, I, I've never finished a Wes yeah. Anderson movie and been like, "What does that mean?" So, Doge, what yeah. was it like for like a super super Wes Anderson noob to jump into this? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the the two that I have seen before this are the Grand Budapest Hotel, yeah, and Fantastic Mr. Fox, First which and second place as I 
Right. As I, I've heard from a lot of folks that those are the two, the best of the West. I love them. Fantastic Mr. Uh, Fox is number one. Royal Tenenbaums cool. and um, great. Um, Moonrise Kingdom. Life Aquatic is good. Yeah, Life Aquatic like Life is great. Aquatic. Also love Isle of Dogs. I really enjoyed Isle of Dogs. Haven't seen his two most recent, Isle of Dogs or French Dispatch. I French Dispatch it. can be skipped, but Isle of Dogs is good. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So I was uh, hoping, I think, for something a little less. So I, I don't know. I, it's not that I disliked Asteroid City. Sure. Asteroid City is what I thought every Wes Anderson movie was, which is why I haven't watched a Wes Anderson movie until That's so funny, yeah. Now. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? It's like so navel-gazy and so like just like, I don't know. It feels like Wes crawled up his own Anderson a little bit in this yeah. one, you know what I mean? And that's that's probably an uncharitable sure. view of it. And that's probably not actually what happened. But this is the, the uh, this is to me what I thought every Wes Anderson movie was, which kept me from being interested in them sure. when they yeah. would release. Yeah. That, that, that's good to know because, I, so I really liked this. Yeah. Um, a lot. I, I thought you would. I really did. I really did. But really what it boils down to is, I could I could watch nine hours of every Wes Anderson movie because of mm-hmm. the vibes, but I I, yeah. I will say at the risk of sounding stupid, I don't know what he was saying in this movie. I think it is. I can so catch some themes, but there was one moment same. in particular that I'm not sure about. Yeah. So it's it's it owes a lot to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Sure. Steven Spielberg actually gets a shout out in the credits of this movie no as way. a special thanks. Uh, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind is about a man's family fracturing because of an encounter with a, a, an extraterrestrial entity. Uh, and so I think we're movie. supposed to kind of draw a parallel of the the play Asteroid City that is presented here as a movie. Uh, the play Asteroid City is supposed to sort of remind us, I think, of that with the fracturing of Augie's family right. due to the death of his wife. Right, yeah. But can I can I tell you something that I was thinking, which might yeah. be a little navel gazy on my part? Um, I really got the vibe that Augie being able to step out of the play and ask the director a question felt very like talk to God for a minute. Yeah, to me. So I don't know. I know that this movie is like way existential for Wes Anderson. Like it feels very like, what are we doing here? What's the point? In a weird way, but it also it also echoed of like some futility, some nihilism coming out of Wes, which who is it normally so it, um, chipper. Yeah, I did definitely read nihilism into it because the whole the whole point of like everybody's like we encounter this alien twice. He came twice. We saw him two times. Isn't everything going to change? And they're like, nah. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's going to be how it is, which yeah. is played for a laugh a little bit, but sure. it's also like kind of the futility of like right at the end of the movie, you see this exact same car chase happen in the town that you've been seeing. That's what I, okay. I'm glad, I'm glad you felt that too, because just the same thing always happens. What's going to happen next? What always happens? That's just the exact same things. Yep. Which, which I kind of, which I, (laughs) it is a bummer, but I kind of dig this look at it of like there, I find something weirdly comforting about like the alien comes down, which should shatter paradigms. And it's just like, we're still okay. We're still going to keep moving. Yeah. Also, I found the alien deeply unsettling. Extremely creepy. Oh, I yep. didn't. I loved it. I, it was so I loved it too, but it was <clears throat> yucky to look at for me. On on this same same topic too, I mean, we've seen the cafe rattle 
with Oppenheimer doing work in the background. You know, it's like there's also right. testing yeah. atom bombs. You know, like that's the chase too. It's like the, here's this thing that just keeps happening. Is it two different um, types of playing God perhaps? Perhaps. The director perhaps of a play and messing around with splitting an atom? Yeah. Oh no. Have I thing, now though, gazed I, too deeply into my own right. evil? I don't think I don't think Wes knows. Uh, there's oh, nothing in the text of there's nothing in the text of this movie that seems to suggest that it's about anything definitively other than vibes. And I think it's it's that's a, a type of art. That's a type of artistic expression to just say, here's some vibes, you make sense of it. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh it's it's Tom Hanks at the very end saying, I wouldn't even call that a plot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's a hundred percent just you make sense of it. This is a a filmed play within a play, and it's the of a, a television broadcast of a play within a play treated as a movie. It's intentionally obfuscated to the point of almost total abstraction where nothing really means anything and you can't be certain anything's actually happening. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, that is not to say I disliked it. I very much enjoyed it. I was sure. not like waiting for it to end. Right. I was yeah. not like, I can't believe I went to watch this and spent my time on this. I enjoyed it minute to minute. I probably won't watch it again. I think I'm probably good. I can guarantee that I will watch it again. I yeah. am actually I think- ch- champing upon the bit to watch it again. Yeah. Something that happens with me and Wes Anderson movies that is fun is because it, it is a bit, it's such a controlled chaos because Wes Anderson is letting us see these small windows of so many characters all at once. I think something that's good for me in those moments of just taking that out into my real life is to look at my neighborhood differently hmm. and just be like, these are all, look at all these storylines. I know not, I'm so ignorant to all of this and all these things are happening all at once. And a lot of the times we've seen these things and even, you know, with stuff that we have our multiverses that are trying to connect at one point and it works for 10 seconds out of the, what should have been the ultimate end to something, you know, on your left vibes. And we just kind of want that for everything else. And it just never happens with Wes Anderson. I don't think it's ever meant for everybody to find some kind of, you know, outside of all experiencing the alien together. But I was trying to find out what it is I like about Wes Anderson movies and when they're at their best. So I looked at my favorites, the ones that I've enjoyed moments the most. And I think any time that Wes Anderson gives a lot of weight or a lot of responsibility to kids yes. for the story is wonderful. Yeah. It's yes. perfect for him. It feels great. like such a good fit uh, for him. Wilder people. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom is yes. the perfect example. And he also does this thing that's somewhat of a... There's a, there's a board game or something out there that like can jumble. It's like, it's never the same. He uses so many of the same cast. And I yep. think what made the Grand Budapest Hotel so perfect is everybody fell into place. Yep. Royal Tannenbaums is yeah. so good because everyone fell into yep. right exactly what they're supposed to be. They're not just here because Jeff Goldblum's in Wes Anderson movies. Um, because like Ray Fiennes in, in Grand Budapest Hotel Unbelievable. for such an illustrious career, Many could. I'm not going to argue with you if you think that's the best thing he's ever done. How fun that it was right. in a Wes Anderson movie. So, it's it, that's why it feels like you know it's the top 25 percent for Wes Anderson for me. Yep. This one, because wow, how perfect is Tom Hanks? Yep. How wonderful yeah. is Scarlett yep. Johansson? My yep. super pump for this movie is Montana, and he's such a small role, but Montana, this denim cowboy, for many reasons, feels like. It's like when you're in a local spot that you're there all the time and you're like, is this person famous? Are they from yeah. here? Not just this city. Yeah. They've been made. Like him, 
What's his name? What's his name? I had it pulled up. Rupert Friend as Montana was so pleasant to me and kind of felt like some of the drip of the vibe that he wanted because Montana felt like the only person actually counseling kids Yep. too. He was the connector. He was so, like, you know what? And he was able to, maybe in his ignorance, just put it on their level and be like, man, he's just, he's just a good guy. I don't, and then yeah. he wants to play. He wants to play that song with that boy. That was also one of my favorite parts. <laughs> oh my god, that song loved amazing. That moment. <laughs> um, Carter, I don't remember. I don't know how much you remember of Moonrise Kingdom. Um, do you feel like you remember it pretty well? Somewhat, yeah. So, if you remember, there is a, there's this recurring narrator that exists outside and inside the story at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's Bob Balaban as just the narrator. He's got this like yeah. beanie on. He's like a fisherman, and his character kind of like. He does break the fourth wall by literally talking to us, but he also contains knowledge like outside of the bounds of the movie in a fun way yeah. um, and sort of plays with that. I got similar vibes. I know they obviously do that with... Um, Cranston? With Cranston and with even a little bit with um, Adrian Argy? Brody oh, oh, to, yeah, to yeah. an extent. Mm-hmm. But there is something about Montana that just felt like he was like dropped in cosmically yeah, to this movie. You know, it's so interesting just to be nice to that boy who needed to go smoke cigarettes. Yeah, dude. That you bring this Dwight. up too is because, you know, one of my favorite characters in all of movies, and, and no, it's it's I'm not trying to be like highbrow or anything like that, but no, Sam Elliott in Sam Elliott in Big Lebowski is sure. like narrator and also like at the bar. It's like I don't know what role he's supposed to play, but what a wonderful like navigator yeah and yeah montana's felt really subtle but i loved everything about him no i, I loved his montana. crew a ton of fun really loved him oh absolutely really loved, loved it he's actually we'll get to my super pump in the second half of the episode but um he's he's partially enveloped by the umbrella of my super pump can i can i super dump yeah, yeah. so my super dump for this movie is just sort of the <clears throat> inscrutability of it because my most beloved part about Wes Anderson is that he is so, it is so easy to parse his movies that watching them feels like the most highbrow version of the least draining thing I can think of. So typically what I adore about Wes Anderson movies is like, you do not have to think. He will spoon feed you every piece of information you need and you can just, I love and Gotta hate. pay attention though. It's coming quick too. Yes, yes, yes. It's fast. Yeah. fast. Yeah. It's arrested development levels of fast if I'm being honest with you. But <laughs> there's something about Wes Anderson, the word that I see used to describe and I love this word for Wes Anderson. It's so perfect. Is twee. His movies are yeah. twee af. Extremely. So everything yeah. in every Wes Anderson movie is like just so like- I've got a custom main suitcase and it only carries the specific underwear that I bring with me labeled Monday through Friday. And there's no reason for it other than I'm just weird. And I, I don't yeah. know because it all feels so pointed and intentional. I love it. So because I left this movie and it's so weird because I don't hate how inscrutable it is, but it is my least favorite part of this movie. I wanted to leave with a bow and I didn't, I don't feel like I left with a bow and I typically leave a Wes Anderson movie with a bow. Mm. And it was, yeah. it was, it was a weird change of pace to watch a Wes Anderson movie and leave being like, what did that mean? And maybe I am just criminally stupid and it's flying over no. my head. It had 
Kubrick moments. It had like a, it was like, what, yeah. what on earth? Like but the, the repetition of the you can't wake up dude. if you, yeah, right? You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. Like that just, that became so. That's my super dump. Yeah. It became so the like. acting class. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about that? What, why why yeah. is it your super dump? You can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. Sure. That doesn't mean, I don't know. Because yeah. I think it's, it's a, it's a. I guess it's a theory of artistic interpretation, sure. right? That if if you say something over and over and you, you repeat it as if it is the central motif or idea of the piece of art that you're creating, right. but it is intentionally inscrutable and the point of it is that it can't be understood, you're better off saying nothing at all. Sure. Mm. You, and not, not wasting my time and my brain power trying to figure out something, trying to solve a puzzle that you've intentionally designed to have no solution. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that can work sometimes and I'm a fan of it sometimes. Uh, but here it was just kind of the, you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep repeated ad nauseum intercut with the random Dutch angles that are in color while the rest of the whole sequence is in black <laughs> and white. It was just like, man, this is like, this is so, and I think part of that's my own expectation too. Sure. Having watched only the Grand Budapest Hotel and Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was like, these are phenomenal. I can't wait to see what Incredibly phenomenal alien story. Also. And then I, I am immediately off guard by like, surprise, you thought this was an alien story? It's actually a television broadcast of the story of the play that is Asteroid City. Oh, as if, why do I love as, that? <laughs> because it's, it's interesting. It's super interesting. It and it, it works is. in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Sure. And it doesn't work here sure. for me. Uh, if, and that you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep doesn't mean anything. And to me, that's just the culmination of like, this is so, it's so buried and so layered yeah. in a way yeah. that it's like, you know what? Yeah. I, my dog, my dog has a puzzle uh, that you hide treats. Do you mean in. your actual dog or like your homie? My homie has a puzzle. Yo, my and dog I hide just his, got this new puzzle. I hide I, my dog, my best friend, my, my dog, dog. I hide his this. Tre- <laughs> 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 this puzzle, and I hide treats in it for him, <laughs> and he has what? to use his hand to unlock. Puzzle. You ever play <laughs> rugby? <laughs> but he, he, I hide treats in this puzzle for bear. Sure. Uh, and at a certain point, he's like. You know what? I know where you keep the treats. I'm just gonna go sit by the door to the pantry because you'll give me one from there. I'm not gonna waste my time with this puzzle that I am really yeah. not smart enough to solve. Maybe it's not possible for my dog brain to solve this puzzle. I'm just gonna go where I know the treats are. Sure. And that's how I felt with the the acting class stuff. It's just yeah. like maybe I'm not smart enough to solve this. Maybe there is no solution. I just rather look for treats somewhere. It's else. Interesting. Was- go ahead. Well, it doesn't surprise me that that stands out because I think that's what he wanted it to do. Yeah. But it stands out for someone who's seen basically all the Wes Anderson movies as like, ooh, you didn't, you've never had to do this. Like, right. I hope there's a good reason why. That's how I feel. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like I've known the formula before. Why this? You know, and it's like, it felt tryhardish. It did. When, yeah. One of the things that I yeah. love the most, uh, the many jewels in Wes Anderson's crown for me, one of them is he cannot be replicated because it's too obvious. Yep. You can't ever do what he does. Nobody really tries, right? And then also, how beloved is this guy to not, he doesn't have one muse. He has a whole chorus of people that Although want to keep doing things Although I would argue that if he had one muse, it would be Jason Schwartzman. If he had one Or Bill Murray. Muse. Or Bill Murray. That's a great point. It's just because Bill wasn't in this one. He had COVID. He would have been here. He was Steve Carell's role. Shut up. So mm-hmm. Steve stepped in for Bill. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. have a whole thing so, about Steve Carell that I want to talk about in the second half. 
Yeah, it's just this and Bottle Rocket that he hasn't been in. I think Bottle Rocket was maybe the first one. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, all that to say, I felt like, oh, Wes, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. But then it was like, am I spoiled? Because there's so many things that I'm like, man, I wish they would just do something different. Yeah. Oh, here's another. You know, I guess people can slight Nolan in some way. It wasn't until like Dunkirk. But even then, like his thing is to always manipulate time some way that's really Mm -hmm. interesting. He has some concept of time that is so intriguing. And so you're never going to be like, but it's also Batman and then it's Dunkirk. You know, so you're not like, oh, change the way you do things. Wes Anderson feels like he's using the same paintbrushes most of the time. Sure. And I like that. There's things that I really enjoy about it. So it it felt really strange. I think there is something to be said for sure to the reception of this movie from somebody who has just recently watched two Wes Anderson movies for the first time and people that have watched, I mean, I'm not that long in it, but, you know, longer and seen more. I think there is like a level of trust with Wes Anderson that we're hearing from Carter and I that we're not, understandably, not hearing from you which is like, yeah. I'm wondering if we're going to get some interview with Wes Anderson that connects these dots and makes me go, oh my gosh, you're a genius. Sure. And I think it's- And I'll happily, I'll happily concede that to him. So that's what I was going to ask. Know what I mean? like, if he put out some sort of thing that connected dots in your brain, do you think you could get there? Or would you just be like, 100%. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have to listen to this interview to understand this movie? Like, uh, Both. Yeah, I think sure. I would say both. I would sure. say, okay, this is a, this is a, a work of uh, like substantial merit. And intentionally designed so that the director has to give an interview explaining it. Right. That sucks. Yeah. That's yeah, stupid. I hear, that. I hear that. But you know what's weird though? Even on, I'm feeling a lot of the same things you're feeling, Doge. I also would put this in like the top half of Wes Anderson movies for me because yeah, of a lot sure. of what I am planning to talk about in the back half. Of, it's I've definitely a, top three treat. of the ones I've seen. Got a little treat planned for the back half. Top three, <laughs> yeah. is that what you said? Yeah. I really want you it's to watch Moonrise Kingdom. I think you will love that movie. It is fantastic. Yeah. Before we go to ads, like what it does feel like to me though is like a friend that you have, that you like hung out with them one night. You know their whole history of stuff and people are like, this is Jordan? He's this? I'm like, yo, <laughs> it's a little bit of a deference of what he normally does. But I, man- I love it. West contains I, Jordan, multitudes, baby. I'm never gonna forget when you did that. You know, it's just like <laughs> because that's just like ah, uh, well, I don't, I don't get it, but hey, that's sure, cool. sure. Let's uh, let's scamper on over to shout announcements. Let's make a couple dollars and cents, and then we'll head right back to the discussion. You know. <laughs> It's Shout Announcements, (laughs) the part of the show where we give shout-outs and make announcements. And that's what we're going to do right now. I want to give a quick shout-out to our Discord server. I love all tiers of Patreon equally, except for that I love the Discord tier more. And it's Each tier of the kingdom. Um, let me let me talk a little bit about Patreon. In our first tier of Patreon for three dollars a month, you get bonus episodes and uh, double votes in polls, uh, which genuinely makes a massive difference in the things that we end Big up time. doing. You have direct influence over the podcast, which is very fun for us, and I hope very fun for you. In that second infinite tier, power. Uh, infinite, unlimited power. In that second tier of Patreon, you get to join our Discord server, which is um, oh. just. A delight? Can I say a One delight? One of my favorite places. One yeah. of my favorite places right now, genuinely. It's just a community of it. people that love talking about the same stuff and new stuff, which is mm-hmm. exciting. I'm finding out about new stuff constantly. Um, yeah. I avoid the sports 
uh, channel like the plague because I'm afraid That's I'll catch fine. it. But other than that, I mean, I'm not too much in reading. <laughs> so yeah, what are you, everybody's nerd? got their some kind of a nerd. I'm um, really, really stoked about discord. Make sure you get in there. Cause it's a ton of fun. Um, and, yeah. uh, also speaking of things that are a ton of fun next week, uh, we will be talking about another new release. I think it's going to be Man. the best movie of the year on opposite Man. day. Got him. Got him. It's actually going to be Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which currently has a four out of 10 from IGN who gives everything a 10. So um, that's oh, no. pretty shocking. Yeah, Doge actually, st- a peek behind the curtain, Doge stepped away. He gave us an excuse that is not likely the actual, oh, he's back. It's not actual the actual excuse. He he knew hey, we were talking going. about Dial of Destiny about? and he couldn't be around it. I think Oh, that. yeah, no, I can't. I, I have I can't. requested, just so you listeners know, I have requested multiple times for us to really take stock of whether or not we should even be wasting our breath on Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and the Dial of Destiny. And that, my, but we got to do it. Though. My co-hosts are like, yes. And I'm sort of honestly like, no, which is a fun dynamic and actually pretty can't just talk about good things. <laughs> Sorry. What if we Sorry. did though? What if we did though? It'd be a boring uh, podcast. I don't think so. Good thing to talk about here. I mean, I think it's good. It's up to these guys. We, we, uh, the movie itself, the actual action is altogether good. We were, a part of one of many sponsors that helped some friends of ours, the Smiths, uh, with a fundraiser because uh, they're looking to adopt. And so two chunks put into a silent auction the opportunity to uh, give us a movie to record here on the main feed, any movie, whether we'd seen it or not. Abby Watson came out and she said, uh, how about Joseph and the Technicolored Dreamcoat? And we said, how about it? And we said, how about said, it? I said, how about it? I'm excited for it. I am too. These two haven't seen it. It's definitely one of those that people might not be surprised if if like even they hadn't seen it. But Abby Watson and I have seen it, and I'm excited for it. It's Donnie Osmond, you know, at his Donniest, even, <laughs> at his best. I'd say. Yeah. Thanks, Abby, by the way. Uh, you could have you could have done this and and hold held power over us and really used it in a negative way. Because yeah. any every movie ever was on the table. We could have had to watch everything. Every that's true. But you that's took true. us straight to the Kurt Cameron of Mormonism. And I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Donny Osmond also is responsible for the most confusing line in any song of all time to me, which is marshmallows for schnoasting. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's I, that from? Dude, his version of the Christmas song. There'll be... Uh, Something for toasting marshmallows in the for schnoasting. Schnoasting, he says. That's real. Am I out of the loop? Does he know something we don't? That's what, what I'm saying. I think it's Mormon you never toasting. Sh- you guys have never schnoasted your marshmallow before? You guys, you know Swig? You're missing out. <laughs> I assume. It's the swig of marshmallow. I assume probably. it's dunking a marshmallow into Dr. Pepper with vanilla syrup and coffee creamer. Syrup? Syrup. Vanilla syrup. Vanilla syrup and coffee creamer. <laughs> Sure I think it's probably soaking the marshmallow <clears throat> in Dr. Pepper. I think we should head back to the show. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back for part two. I have a juicy little bit prepared. Um, oh, it does. Yeah, it does good. have to do Yum. with my super pump, which I'll I'll start and then jump into the bit. Uh, my super pump is Steve Carell. Okay, and it is because is- I'm not sure that anybody has ever needed to be in a Wes Anderson movie as much as Steve Carell has. Ooh, and I think that his energy and flavor was perfect. It's perfect for this. And yeah. to me, it is emblematic of what I'd like to discuss for a little bit. A little, a little. It's not a game, but it's it's got game like qualities. It's game adjacent. Um, sure. Wes Anderson's superpower, if he has one, is casting. I think mm, that I have this answer ready. I thought of this on the way home from the theater. Amazing, because I think there's multiple answers, and I'd like to talk about all of them. I I think that Wes Anderson has a gift of making movies that can put actors into um, like situations they've never been in and allow them to shine in completely new ways. Even people that have been around the block. I think the, maybe the most like perfect example of this is George Clooney as Mr. Fox in Fantastic Mr. Fox. George Clooney already established by the point of this movie. And I had never really heard him do voice acting before. He may have been in something else, but I can't think of it. And George Clooney's like cadence and general charisma definitely translates to his voiceover work. Yeah. Wes Anderson being able to see that is just phenomenal. And I yeah. think that when Wes Anderson brings actors into his movies, I have to imagine, Callie and I talked about this on the way home from the movie. I have to imagine that as an actor, getting a call from Wes Anderson is top five most exciting people. Oh, yeah. Up. 100%. Yeah. His movies give me the vibe of like, there's no way it's not a blast. There's no way you don't network and make connections. So I think Wes Anderson movies serve two purposes for the actors in them besides just more work. Number one is you get to do something new because Wes Anderson's vibe is entirely his own. Number two, I really think that you probably get to network more than almost any other movie that you're a part of because – his movies are always sort of like a smorgasbord of who's who. Yeah. Steve Carell, I had never thought of Steve Carell being in a Wes Anderson movie until he was. Once he yeah. was in a Wes Anderson movie, oh my gosh, how did I not see this before? Make him the lead yeah. in the next Wes Anderson movie. It's perfect. By the way, just a side note, this one's free. I'm in love with Steve Carell and I want more from him yeah. now that The Office is done. I think he's wonderful. I just think he's Office a good person. Been done. And I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Great guy. 
has never been in a Wes Anderson movie that it is painfully obvious was born to be in a Wes Anderson movie. The floor is yours. Alden Ehrenreich. Can you can you mm, broaden for me? Like you don't know who that is? No, no, no. I know who he is, but like what? Give me the oh, why. Oh, you say why? Yeah, give me the why. Alden Ehrenreich, I feel like we saw a taste of it in Cocaine Bear of like you have incredible okay. comedic timing. I think I think the thing about because every actor in Wes Anderson, uh, it, the three that I've seen thus far, <laughs> if I may make a generalization, sure. uh, plays the role like they're playing a comedy. The whole bit, the whole thing in these movies is timing and deadpan line delivery. And so I think you have to have, that's why Steve Carell feels so perfect is because Steve Carell has maybe the most marketable and recognizable sense of deadpan humor of the last 25 years. Unbelievably true. And so I think you need that comedic timing. You need the ability to say ridiculous things with a completely straight face. You need the ability to draw the subtle emotion out of both a comedic and a dramatic line and make everything sort of a little funny. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel that Alden Ehrenreich has been given the reins, given the the space to to be allowed to cook. His kitchen's never been big enough. We haven't let him cook yet. Yeah, I agree. But I think he would be perfect in the next one of these. I actually think yeah. if I was putting him in this, I would have put him in the role of Montana. I think he could do something like yeah, that kind could. of role. He definitely could. Perfectly. I thought of Lee. Yeah, that's really great. I when you first said Alden Ehrenreich, I was not on board. Post your description. Fully on board. I, I really think that, cool. you're, that you're 100% right, which is sort of the Wes of it all, right? Of like, because <laughs> there is, I think, the the real answer is that I think there's no wrong answer. Uh, completely agreed. But then you have people like Sersha, who I do believe was in the French Dispatch. I think that was her first and only Wes Anderson project, who like, she was- Sersha's in, she's in Grand Budapest Hotel. Sersha Ronan? She's the baker. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. She's beautiful. So she's, she's Tony Revolori's wife. Yeah, yeah. Bo- born yeah. to be born to be in a Wes Anderson film. I mean, she just has. She's perfect. She has the look. She has the vibe. She's perfect for it. So yeah, I yep. think Alden Ehrenreich is a dead ringer. Good job. Very nice. I have three. Do you want them all? Okay. Is yeah, it yeah. worth it on a podcast? Uh, Michael Sarah feels pretty. Yeah. Obviously, the tweest. Yes, of course, the tweest, the tweest boy tweest of them all. Boy, I would love to see one that feels maybe the most a stretch, but I do think he can do it. Is I do like Jeff Bridges. Sure. I think he yeah. could be a fun He could do it 100%. Work. Can you imagine uh, his mustache? Amazing. The one that hits closest to home for me is Bob Odenkirk. I think Bob Odenkirk would do really yeah, well. Yeah, he'd be great. In a Wes Anderson movie. I just got excited yeah, for him. Th- you're things. right, though. There's hardly any wrong, wrong answers, I think. Yeah, I have a couple as well. Uh, Go. John I'm David Washington. Washington. I think yeah. that yeah. John David Washington cool. has the sort of... Um, he would be like the Tony Revolori type character, like the quote unquote straight man in the Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Um, but I think that he could definitely pull off the sort of like aloof, friendly, confused person in a Wes Anderson movie, mm-hmm. which typically goes mm-hmm. to sort of a charming other man. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it because it's so, he's so played out, but I'll never get tired of him if I'm being honest with you. Ryan Gosling. The fact that this man has yeah. been in a Wes Anderson movie is criminal. Yeah. Criminal. Um, I, I don't know. It's like Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson's charm of his characters feels completely character-based. Yes. I don't yeah. know if it's the charm of the actor coming through Agreed. that makes them perfect. I agree with I you. I think the fear with Gosling is, and maybe it's why Clooney surprised you, and we had to do it yeah. without showing his face, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Gosling coming in feels like he could leak his own charisma, which is not I allowed. I was wondering. I that. agree. Can, can I, Gosling, Anderson movie? Can I? Can he make his star power subservient yep. to the vibe of Wes? Yes. Yes. Can I tell yeah. you the exact reason why I think that? Tell me. Drive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Drive is a Ryan Gosling movie with zero charisma whatsoever. There is not an ah, ounce of charisma I in that movie. I disagree. No way, dude. He's like a wooden Bro, plank. No. Yeah. No. I mean, come on. You weren't looking at his eyes, bro. No, he's... <laughs> so we gouge out I, his eyes and then he can be an Alex Anderson movie. <laughs> Zero charisma. He's got charisma in that movie. No, I don't think so. Regardless. That's the closest he's been to not having it, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. I also think... Hmm. Oh, Kyle Mooney. <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, yeah. yes. That's amazing. Oh, can we just blanket... Perfect. Sorry, can we just blanket everybody who's ever been on SNL? Sure. Fair. Like bar none. Put Chloe Feynman in a Wes Anderson movie and I will be over the moon. Over the <laughs> moon, right? Pete King. Davidson. Pete Davidson, probably. Stop. Anne Hathaway is Do my third. That. Yeah, she'd be great. I think that Scarlett Johansson in Asteroid City is the perfect example of somebody I would never have guessed she's, would work in a Wes Anderson movie and worked dude, phenomenally. Great. Worked I'm perfectly. She, she was great. Anything. She's got... She is a multi-layered I'm individual. Saying. She is so freaking good. Dude, I think the best thing for Scarlett Johansson is being done with Black Widow. Yes. Honestly. 100%. Yeah. You know what he did? I was thinking about it, and it felt like Wes Anderson for this one in particular, when we look at some of the additions too, is he said, this one's going to be full of Hollywood's best voices. Because he got yeah. Cranston, and he got Johansson. He's had Goldblum. He got Tom Hanks. He got a very recognizable. Dude. Yeah. Schreiber, Wright, like all of these yep. people have these booming, like... Adrian Brody has a very perfect. distinct voice in a way that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost... Um, Adrian Brody has like a Brando quality to his voice that I really yeah. appreciate. Like this... Oh, yeah. This sort of that's interesting. Nasal, like everybody needs to listen to the thing I'm saying mm -hmm. right now. Like, I don't know. It yeah. feels really good. Um, and I thought that he was like a weirdly calming presence in yeah, this he was sort of great. Like scattered um, film. Yeah, I, I would be completely out of my element to even say anybody was miscast in this movie. I think that... Wes yeah. Anderson oh, yeah, is no the um, in the way that we've talked in the past about what's what's the woman's name that casts all of the Marvel stuff? Oh man, oh, I, can't I do not remember. Name. But she doesn't miss. We've talked yeah. about how she doesn't miss. Wes Anderson has that in Spades, and I think that this movie is total evidence of that. Tom Hanks is a slam dunk. Yeah, he's great. I love Silver Hanks right now. I need more Silver Hanks. He fits him so well. Get him out of got, Elvis like and put like, him in character yeah. stuff. No, oh my God. Put him in character stuff. Let him be Let yeah, him be yeah, a yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Halle Finn is who cast the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Props to Sarah Halle Finn. Props to Wes Sarah Anderson. Sarah Halle Finn is great. Props to Wes Anderson. I think casting is, is half the battle, I guess. Sure. Uh, but I, my super pump for this movie is the characters of the movie, yeah. which is like, feels like a cop-out super no, pump. No, 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 But there are so many characters, but the movie does not feel uh, overstuffed with characters. I think it feels overstuffed with ideas. It's, you use the word scattered, scattered, smothered, Waffle House style. It's a lot. There's a lot going themes on Themes is what I would say. I would say that it feels scattered with its themes. But the characters, I think, are distributed well, and each of them is 
the outline of the character is drawn and they are shaded in the exact right amount for me to mm. know who they are and empathize with yep. them in any scene that they have. Yes. But none of them are over or under shaded. It's amazing that there's like 60 characters in this movie and none of them are are like, none of them feel half-baked. The closest thing to a half-baked character that we get is Margot Robbie as the wife yeah. or the actress who played the wife whose scenes got cut. But even still that she works as a, a kind of a wife ex machina at the very end to deliver a moralism. At the risk but, of climbing too far into my own navel here. What does it mean? Why was she yeah. cut from the play? but included in the film that we watched. You know what I mean? Like, what I think is this? Because if, her, her so scenes if, were, her, they were talking about she would talk to the alien and, and ask the alien questions about life on Earth. Basically, she would get to meet God if she was left in the play. And I think that has something to do with Jason, Jason Schwartzman, Augie, leaving the play to talk to God. Yeah, right. It's why yeah. God, I, the, the being from the heavens, won't talk to them. Yeah, it's interesting. Our writer, too, is Ed Norton's character. And it's it, this is bound yeah. to happen. That's the first time we've brought up his name, but it's a Wes Anderson movie. Get over it. Sure. We're not going to yeah. get everybody. Uh, but Conrad Earp, right? So yeah. uh, I think also, too, it's like with so much of the story of Asteroid City being this mix of I've been writing for so long, I don't know what's mine and what I've just picked up along the way sure. and like what I've just made up out of nowhere. But it feels like writing his, uh, 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 it feels like Augie was to play kind of him. He's playing a writer, right? And so it's like to X out the wife, She her scene gets cut. And then we see that there's actually a relationship outside of the show itself between Augie and Earp, right? So it's yeah. like that happened and then he cut his wife out because yeah. then this was the new, I, it felt romantic to me. It felt like mm -hmm. had like something to do too. with relationship. Mm. I don't know. My super dump in all of this <clears throat> is... It's a little bit of like a little drip of what happens with the you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep thing. Because it's, <laughs> yeah. he's also full of, I love Twee. I looked that up. I didn't know what that meant, but it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's like British. <laughs> it's kind of like a British variation of the word. Um, he's so quirky. Wes Anderson does really funny things with his characters in terms of how they act. I loved things of like, you might as well chalk up like the the plots of land and the machines to Steve Carell's yep. character. I, he he I kind of does agree. that and he says tomato juice, orange juice, or apple juice, yep. you know, all that kind of stuff. Everybody's got their little quirks. Um, and I loved Adrian Brody's character, but I didn't get, and maybe y'all can help me with my super dump, I didn't get the, the bag, the punching bag that was there and he's choosing to pantomime a punching bag in the midst of like, did you yeah. catch that? I know. Uh -huh. The I punching know. bag was over to the right, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, is that, that's when it just felt like too much. And that's fine. I think, you know, the three of us have written stuff together and we don't have the length of an hour and 40 minutes when we're writing things, but it's like roughly 15. I guess it is fun to just throw things out there to throw things out there. Sure. But when you're so meticulous and so precise, I think it's my own self-worth maybe. It's like, I feel bad that I missed it. You and so when I miss out. it, I'm pissed. Is it, yeah. is it a cop-out to just say that when it comes to Wes Anderson, I'm just like, he's just being a silly billy. <laughs> yeah, you can be a silly billy. You know, he's we're not supposed silly. to know everything about his people, or are we? Because we've also said we're spoon-fed. We, everything is on the surface. Sure. So when I'm given something that I'm like, I have no idea. Does it have something to do with his, with his relationship with his wife who's serving him as divorce paper? Well, so th that's what's know. weird about this movie, right? Is that there is no conversational subtext whatsoever. There is still the Wes Anderson of 
every word said is exactly what the person feels in the moment. The subtext of this movie is contextual, which is weird yeah. for Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um, mm. And I'm, it's not unwelcome for me. It's just different. And I'm really struggling to like place how I feel about it because I think that Wes Anderson is a delicious bowl of cereal. Like, you know what you're expecting and it's going to be exactly what you want and it's exactly what you need. And this movie feels like a fly in the ointment. In a, I'm going to say a good way for Jordan. It's it's grapes in the cereal. It's like grapes cut in half in your bowl of cereal. We're like, this is not technically gross, and the flavor is not technically disagree. unwelcome, but it is a definite surprise, and I will take some adjustments. I'm to I'm it. struggling to think of any cereal that I would put grapes in and not think it's disgusting. Okay, then substitute it with a fruit that you wouldn't normally put it in. You know, you know what I mean? But it's like this technically fits. It technically goes. Yeah, tomatoes in your fruit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I you're do. being purposefully obtuse, like you're a Wes Anderson play within a play within a movie within a play. <laughs> yes, yeah. I am. Sort of my character. I had uh, a metaphor that I was bouncing off of Doge about how I feel about Wes Anderson in general. Is he's like a good friend of mine. I won't say their name because I don't know if that, they'll be self conscious if I say this about their house. Im- immaculate home. So, always love visiting. Always love coming over. There's things that when I come back, I missed that they had this little figurine on the shelf by the TV. And it all seems so thoughtful. There's photos of people. I don't really know who they are, but I have to assume they're friends and family because of how kind this person is. But I would never really want to stay the night. I don't feel like I want to sleep over because I'm afraid I'd mess something up. All that to say, what Asteroid City was to this home that I love so much to keep visiting is like one of the rooms or there's some piece that's been brought in that feels nothing like them really, but I don't hate it. I'm like, you know what? Ultimately, good for you for trying something new. I applaud this. I don't get it. But sure. I'm happy Why for Why did you, you hire Way this to branch man out. to dress like a Dalmatian and just sit in the corner of your living room? I don't get it, but I admire the chutzpah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot more that we could say. I'm not sure that any of it is necessarily like helpful to the conversation. I think that Wes Anderson is like his own genre in a really fun way. Uh, yeah. And this movie is definitely a subversion of the genre. I'm not sure that it works entirely, but it works enough for me to have enjoyed my time immensely and to have been thinking about it like every hour since I saw the movie. So, uh, you know, what does working mean in the context of a Wes Anderson film? I don't really know. That is sort of the great mystery of this man from Houston, Texas, which is interesting. Isn't that weird? Uh, it it doesn't weird. feel like a Houston brain, does it? It feels like he's born in Portland. And I think it's just because he's right? confusing to me, much like Portland. I don't know what that means. We're going to rate this movie <laughs> using the scientific cinema scale, which is, of course, perfect. And as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. It's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm renting Asteroid City. Um, I think there's a very real chance that after another watch or two, it elevates to a buy for me. I think there is almost no world where it dips below a rent. Because A, it's Wes Anderson. B, it is Wes Anderson... In spades. I mean, the characterization and 
just the vibe of this movie is incredibly Wes Anderson. So if that's what you're on board for, you're going to really like it. I do think that it requires more brain than most Wes Anderson movies require, but I'm on board and I would love to see a return to form for Wes Anderson as much as I would love to see another deviation. And that is sort of Mm -hmm. the mystery of this gentleman. And I, I, I don't know. I loved every second of this movie and I was sad when it was over and I was also deeply confused. <laughs> I'm going to stream Asteroid City. How dare you? Uh, I think that I'm, I'm trying to put myself in my position a year from now. Right. Say that somewhere on another podcast, there's another Doge who's never seen a Wes Anderson movie and his friends yeah. next summer are like, hey, here's some you should watch. If I am that Doge... And those friends suggest to me Asteroid City. I'm not going to be upset that I watched it. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. This is like very weird and strange. And like it's it's Wes Anderson getting a little navel-gazy, a little experimental and playing with his format a bit. And that's interesting and honestly welcome. I don't like it as much as I like Wes Anderson sticking to what he's sure. uh, perhaps best known for, perhaps more most gifted at. Uh, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. I wasn't like in the theater like ready for it to end. I wasn't like bummed that I watched it. I think it just, it worked far less for me than like I, I would, uh, I, and we don't typically do this, but I think I would probably buy the poster for both of the other Wes Anderson movies that I watched yeah. last week, Grand Budapest and Fantastic Mr. Fox. And so this was a significant like step down for me. It's also yeah, so difficult because it's like, it's like you just watched Inception and Interstellar, and then we were like, now let's watch Tenet. And it's like, I'm confused. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you watch the two best ones immediately. Sure, exactly. Yeah, I'm very, just by the way, we haven't really talked about this, so stoked that you watched Budapest and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, oh my gosh, so good. Really, really great. So, so good. That's also an interesting dynamic when you're like recommending something to your friends. It's like you want them to see the best and then it just yeah. happens on the calendar. What comes up is you got no idea. There's a risk there. I know. Right. Um, I I rent Asteroid City. Um, I think the setting is one of my favorites for Wes Anderson. Fun. And I think the characters are some of my favorites. And those are always really strong for him. And I think that yeah. was enough. Yeah. Um, it's funny to me how much a lack of Jeff Goldblum affects my view of the world. <laughs> um I'm sitting here thinking how much more I would have loved of him. I thought the I expected the alien to talk and it be Jeff Goldblum in the like stop motion version. But I rent Asteroid City. Fair enough. Well, that is uh, that's Asteroid City right there in a in a complete nutshell. Next week we are going to be talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I know, I know, you're all excited about it because I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really great. it's gonna be miserable. I want it bad. It's gonna be miserable every moment. It's what if it's amazing? Fun. Are you are you willing emotionally if you get in it and you're like 20 minutes in, you're like, hey, this kind of rips. Yes, I'm 100 percent At the end of it, at the end I'm of it, eat a bowl of crow on our podcast 100%. and be like, hey guys, guess what? This movie rules. I would honestly love that. Cool. Don't think it's Let's hope happen, for that then. But I would love that. So uh make sure you tune in next week and then the week after for uh Joseph and his beautiful little jacket. I think you're gonna have a really good time. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and the location geographically of the next Wes Anderson project that we'd like to see. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, my name is Jordan Wonders. Let's put it in Houston, baby. Give it to H-Town. Let let Wes go home. (laughs) Let Wes go home. That's what I always say. 
Run home, Wes. I'm Doge. And uh, the Revolutionary War. Ah. Of, the of America. Starring Bill Murray. Yeah, dude. Get him America. back in the day. Get him Just way back. Just back in the day. Like full that. on full on back in the day. Yeah. I'd love to see him use like his characters we know. Mm. A Wes yeah. Anderson spin on like, like a Wes Anderson Benjamin Franklin. Character. Seems pretty juicy, right? Yeah, dude. That's played Bill by Murray. Bill Murray. That is Bill yeah. Murray. Yeah. Wes Anderson is is kind of trying to hit it feels like he's he doesn't have a genre, but he's trying to kind of hit every genre in a way, in a Wes Anderson way. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do think also though, something that we would never expect from him is a remake. And I think we're going to go up to uh, Antarctica and we're going to see Wes Anderson's The Thing. The Thing. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Bill Murray plays the alien. That's definitely. Dream with us. We'll see you next week. (laughs) What? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.